Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. Welcome today to the, uh, to the what would this be? The 1015 service, amen. All right, it's the 1015 and so, uh, uh, speaking of that, uh, I told the nine o'clock service uh, this morning that they were there at the eight o'clock service. Um, I do want to make this announcement. We've not made this announcement publicly uh, yet in a, in a situation like this, but um, on Easter, our Easter Sunday services here at this campus, is, at this campus our Easter Sunday services 8, 10, and 12, um, and uh, service times at the other campuses are 9, 11, 15 on Easter Sunday. Uh, moving forward after Easter Sunday, um, those service times will stay the same, okay? So we're moving to three services here at this campus, starting on Easter Sunday throughout the rest of the year, um, eight, 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock, and 12 o'clock campuses will be 9 and 11, 15. So if you go, I'm angry because I like 11, 15 service, those are still offered at the campuses. But uh, look, you made it to the 10, 15 service today. You did. Don't deny it. And so you can make it to the 10 o'clock service. And uh, if you go, oh, I just can't get up that early to be at a 10 o'clock service, then we will have the snoozer's delight, the 12 o'clock service. Uh, and that's starting on Easter moving forward. We've been, we prayed for overflow. We've been praying that we would just, God would use us to expose more and more people to Jesus. And that is happening. And so we knew along the way we'd have to make some room and make some adjustments. So this is a good thing. No, hold on. I'm talking about across all our campuses. Come on, this is a good thing. Let's put our hands together. Thank the Lord for overflow. Amen. Praise God. If you have a copy of God's word, you can go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. I'm going to start by reading one verse. I'll read. Uh, we'll have a lot of scripture today uh, as part of this message. We launch a new series today. It's a series just called Top 10. And I'll just tell you now, it is a message and a series uh, for a couple weeks here talking about kingdom uh, advancement, uh, kingdom investment, and, and what that looks like for us. And I'll explain kind of why we would even take the risk of talking about such things in a setting like this. But let me read first uh, what verse 33 says in Matthew chapter 6. It, it reads, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then all these things shall be added to you. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and then these things are going to be added to you. The reason why we launch with that verse is we want to have a kingdom mentality. Like that's, that's what you'd be praying for is God give me a kingdom mentality. As a matter of fact, when we pray uh, God's anointing on this message, that's what we're going to pray today. God give me a kingdom mindset, whether you're here, one of our campuses, watching on the screen somewhere else. Thank you for doing that. Lean in, be involved in all of it. But let's pray together and say, let's have God give me a kingdom mindset, give me a heart for the kingdom, um, and that that would, that would kind of, that would be my, my, my first connection, would be kingdom. And everything else, all my other pursuits, all my other things, they all fall under the, uh, under the, the banner of, no, I'm, I'm a Christian, it's kingdom-mindedness first. So that's what we're gonna pray for. Pray with me if you would, across all of our campuses. Lord, 
your word is good and your word applies to every area of our life. And so thank you for your word. I pray as we look into it, God, that you would transform us. Transform us. Let us be kingdom-minded. Come on, pray. Say, God, let me be kingdom-minded. Lord, let me have a heart uh, that advances the kingdom of God on this earth. And we love you. We bless you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, as I said, um, about, about once a year, um, we talk about kingdom investment. We talk about resource uh, money and what we're doing with our resource and stewardship and all that. And so we're going to do that for a couple of weeks. Um, and uh, today's message uh, within this series, it's called Top 10, uh, and you'll kind of get why here in just a moment. But within that, um, my message today is entitled Good Reasons. And, uh, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give some good reasons in just a moment. But before we do, I want to start with the top 10 list. And, uh, uh, and so I don't know if any of you ever used to watch back in the old days, uh, the late night David Letterman show. Anybody ever used to watch that during back in the old days? Okay, some of you are afraid to raise your hand because you think we're going to do an altar call for TV addiction. <laughs> you're like, I am not going to fall into that. I fell into that trap once before, yeah. Uh, it was okay, you can, you can respond. Yeah, and he used to do something almost, I think every show maybe, where he would do a top 10 list. And so I'm gonna launch today with a, a top 10 list. These are the top 10 signs that you probably need to start tithing at your church, okay? And you, you're my studio audience, so just go with me on this, all right? You gotta, you gotta kind of be alive here. Are you ready? Top 10 reasons why you might need to start tithing at your church. Number 10, we're going to start with number 10, go all the way down to number one. Number 10, the last few Sundays, the lead usher has gotten up halfway through service and turned off the AC. You need to save that money. You might need to start tithing. Number nine, parking meters have been installed in the church parking lot. You leave us no choice. I'm sorry. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, number eight, during communion, each entire row is asked to share one tiny cup and one little wafer. <laughs> that would be, can you just want a little nibble? <laughs> Pass it down. Amen. All right, number uh, seven. Uh, the drum set had to be sold, and now the drummer just bangs on pots and pans with wooden spoons all during worship. To sign, you might need to start tithing. Uh, number six, the food tastes funny at the Faith Cafe ever since they lost all of their wooden spoons. <laughs> That's called a callback right there. We're, we're referring, okay, good. Uh, number five. When the offering bags wore out, the church started using Walmart bags for collection. It's just these are signs you might need to start tithing. Uh, number four, uh, the greeters have been charging $10 at the door just to enter the building. Don't give us any of these ideas. because no. uh, Number three, the baptismal tank has been filled with the same water since 2019. We can't afford, I mean, you expect us to dump that out and waste that and water bills. Number two, the church had to create a BYOTP policy. Bring your own toilet paper policy. We'll move on. And the number one reason why maybe you should tie this because the Bible says so. Come on, put your hands together for the top 10 list. All right, good. No, once a year we, we do talk about this, and someone would maybe go, why would you take the risk of talking about uh, money uh, you know, in, in church? The church already has the reputation, and all they, all they want is people's money, um, which is not true. 
but people have that reputation and you go in here, I brought my guest today and of course this is the day you're gonna talk about that and uh, I will say this, just it's kinda cool, but um, there was somebody that brought a first time guest this last service and I saw him raise his hand when we said, hey, who's here for the first time and, and I preached a message that I'm getting ready to preach and at the end I said, who needs to surrender their life to Christ and his hand went up in the air uh, and I saw it and he, he, he gave his heart to Christ. So um, that's what it's about. I, I mean, I just wanna throw that little in there. So why would we do that? Well, the reason why we do that is because we believe in preaching the whole word of God. There are over 500 verses in the Bible that talk about prayer. There are nearly 500 verses in the Bible that talk about faith. Yet there are over 2,000 verses in the Bible that talk about a person's resource and their money. I would just warn you against having this attitude of like, well, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to be hearing preaching about that. Listen, you are in a church. We're going to try to preach the whole Bible to you because you need the whole Bible preached to you. Amen. That should be my mentality is like, Lord, I want it all. I want all the truth. I want all the smoke. I want, I want every part of it. I want the word of God to shine the light on the darkest part of my, of my life. And so that's what we're going to do around here is preach the whole word. And that means we're going to talk about what's going on with our money, with our resource, with, with what's going on in our life. And so um, uh, 15% of everything Christ said relates to, to the topic of money. Uh, of the 29 recorded parables that Jesus told, 16 deal with a person and his, and his money and resource. Matthew, Mark, and Luke one out of every six verses has to do with money. So we're going we're gonna to preach that. And I will say this in this series, as we are talking about kingdom investment and, and giving and generosity and obedience in these areas, um, it is also about managing everything that God's given you. We're just stewards. Everything we have comes from God. So if you need help, maybe even in some of the management and how you like, well, I want to start doing some of these things, but I feel like I need help figuring out how to even make this work in my budget. Um, if that's the case, um, at, at the end of this service uh, and at the end of all of our services during these couple of weeks, um, you can go up to the second floor if you're at this campus or you can go up to one of our campus pastors if you're at one of the campuses. But we have some uh, financial experts that are uh, gonna be in these, and here it's room B210, otherwise find one of our campus pastors, but they'll be able to sit down with you and kind of go through any kind of questions you would have on budgeting and stewardship and so uh, Find a campus pastor or head up to B210 at the conclusion of this service. All right. Is it okay if I testify today? I'm just going to testify. And I'm going to tell you, honestly, I just sat down with the Lord and I said, what, why do I tithe? And I want to tell you, honestly, the top 10 reasons why I tithe. And I've, I've tithed, me and my wife have tithed ever since the first day we were ever married. I tithed before that. And I'm going to tell you just really the reasons why I tithe. And so I'll start with this, number 10. The number 10 reasons, they're, they're not necessarily in order of importance. They're randomly ordered, but these are, this is why I tithe. And you can take this and, and you can apply these to your life. And if you want to dismiss them, that's your prerogative, but I'm gonna tell you why I tithe. Number 10 would be this, because it puts God first in my life. It puts God first in my life. Have you ever noticed that when you get God first in your life, that everything else seems to fall into place? And some of you have also noticed that when God's not first in your life, it's hard to get anything to fall into place. And so tithing does that because it's the first. Tithing is, is not just, people say, well, tithing is a law. No, actually, tithing was part of the law, but tithing was before the law, in the law, and after the law. And tithing is not just the, the law. Tithing is a principle. It's a principle of first. It's a principle of putting God first. It's the first fruit. That's what the tithe is called. It's a matter of, like, Scripture consistently 
constantly is, is putting this, uh, this, uh, this thought out there throughout all of Scripture that if our lives are going to be ordered and blessable, then God must be first. Why does God need to be first? It's because God is first. God is the first. Now watch. I'm saying that, yes, in our life of priority, but just in, like, in reality, God is the first. Like, he was before nothing else was. He is. He is. He's the first. And of all the um, attributes of God that, I, that we all love, like we love his holiness and we, God is love. That's one of his attributes. So many different attributes of God. But one of the attributes of God that I just love doesn't get talked about a whole lot is this thought of preeminence. Um, that God is preeminent. And what that means is he is number one. In every circumstance, on every list, God is preeminent. He has to be. He, he can't be anywhere else but that. The, the New Testament, Colossians chapter one, Paul talks about that and he says, he's the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. In all things, in every area of my life, in my relationship, God's first. In my finances, God's first. In my thought life, God's first. In all areas, he would have preeminence. So in, if, with that being said, tithing puts God first in my life. Tithing really is less about money than in that situation, and it's more about preeminence and priority. That's, why, that's one of the reasons why I tithe, is I feel like it would be hard for me to convince anyone that God was first in my life if God was not first in my life in my finances. So it just is this tangible, physical way of going, no, God, number one. First thing I do with any kind of, any kind of anything that comes into my life, first thing I do, you're first, you're first. It's this tangible way to put God first. Exodus 23, 19 talks about it. The first of the first fruits. I like that God says first twice there, just in case you missed one of them. The first of the first fruits of your land shall, you shall bring into the house of the Lord your, of the Lord your God. Proverbs chapter 3, not, not the law. That's not part of the law now. In Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be plenty, your vats will be filled to overflow. I love I, I tithe because it puts God first in my life. Number nine, the reason why I tithe is because the New Testament and Jesus affirms the tithe. New Testament and Jesus affirms the tithe. Let me ask you this before we get into it. Um, we, because some people have the, the confusion or, or the question and they go, uh, I know, but that was the law and now we're under grace. And so uh, what, what was the law and what's now grace? Let me ask you this question. Um, if you're looking at the law or grace, does grace usually do less than the law or more than the law? More. Yeah, grace does more. Like, um, like even Jesus, when he was doing his Sermon on the Mount, he would talk about things that were in the law, and then he would kind of just up it. So he said, you heard it said, don't commit adultery. I tell you, don't even look at her that way. Like, well, that's, that's more. Uh, he said, um, you've heard it said, don't murder. He said, I don't, don't, even, don't even call somebody a bad name. Wow, okay, so grace is doing more, and so uh, if, if that is being said, if I'm gonna do it by grace, then, then tithing is the beginning of my giving journey. Tithing is the baseline of my, of my stewardship journey. Uh, I love, we've got, a, we've got a couple people I've just talked to actually in the last um, couple of weeks, and it was, it was awesome, but uh, one 
couple in our church was telling me that they tithe 12%. They've just tied 12% for years and, uh, and they just want to do more than, more than 10%. And I, I just love that. There's a business owner in our church that gives uh, 11% of all the profits from his business. Uh, and you go, why, why not 10? Because he just, it was just 10 is the beginning and he just wanted to go from there. And so I, I love that uh, the New Testament uh, and, and Jesus affirms it. And so what did Jesus say about this tithe, you ask? I'm glad you asked. Matthew chapter 23, verse 23, words of Jesus written in red, woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and, and cumin. Now, this was a agricultural economy, and so we don't, on the drop downs, we don't have a spot for you to give your spices <laughs> and your dill, all right? Uh, but that's how they, how they functioned. Uh, but, but he says, you give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you've neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Now, this would have been a great time for Jesus to bring the clarity here and go, it's just about justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Don't worry about that other part. And Jesus, he had no hesitation to bring that kind of correction. Like, he would have thought twice about that if that's what he wanted to say. He could have said, so why are you guys so worried about tithing and you're not doing any justice, mercy, or faithfulness? Just do that. Don't worry about the tithing. That's not what he said, though. He said this, you've neglected the, the important matters, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter. You should have practiced justice, mercy, and faithfulness. But he said this, without neglecting the former. Without neglecting what? The tithe. This would have been a great time for Jesus to, to just take that off the table. But this, this principle of first, this principle of preeminence, this principle of, of God is first in my life, it's running all through Scripture. Paul talks about, um, I believe Paul's talking about tithing. Uh, I'll say this, at the very least, Paul is talking about percentage giving, okay? Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 and 2, he says, Now con concerning the collection for the saints, as I've given orders to the churches of Galatia, so you must do also. That's an interesting phrase. You must do this. Paul didn't say, hey, touchy-feely, how's it going? No, you got to do this. On the first day uh, of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper. Um, New Living Translation says, in relation to what you have earned, that's percentage giving. In other words, not equal giving, equal sacrifice. Does that make sense? 10% for you is going to be different than 10% for them, but it's 10% uh, if, if we're talking about a tithe. Paul does not mention the word tithe here. I, I understand that. But he says that you're going to set aside storing up as he may prosper um, in relation to what you have earned, that there's no collections when I come. So I, I, would, I, would, I would believe all day long that as he says, and you're going to set aside according to what you've received, I'll bet the majority of the people that were hearing this letter, reading, reading this letter, were going, oh yeah, the tithe. That's what they would have thought of. When, when, when Paul would have said, according to what you have, you set something aside, they'd have been, oh yeah, the, the first fruit, the 10%. Um, I, I think that Paul was referencing the tithe here. And I've heard people argue and say, well, Christians don't have to tithe. And I'm not really going to spend a ton of energy on that thought. What I'll tell you this, what I have not heard very many people argue is that Christians should not tithe or that tithing is bad, or that God's gonna be disappointed with tithing, or that somehow it's gonna set uh, you know, church or ministry backwards. And so um, tithing is affirmed in the New Testament. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I tithe is uh, because of that. 
number eight, reason why I tithe. I'm just telling you why I tithe. Tithing moves the ministry forward. Now, across all of our campuses, I'm going to say that one more time because that's a good place for us to say amen. I said tithing moves the ministry forward. Yeah, we want the ministry to move forward. We want our, uh, our churches, our campuses to meet so many needs in our community. We want to move the ministry forward. And I don't know if we talk enough. Well, let me say Malachi chapter 3, which is a very, very familiar chapter um, a few verses in there that talk about tithing specifically. And let me see what, tell you what verse 10 says. It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Any good theologian is going to tell you that the storehouse is the, uh, is the, is the church. And so uh, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there, that there may be food in my house. Why is there food in my house? To meet needs, to, so that ministry can go forward. Um, Best definition of ministry I've ever heard is this, God's resource coming in contact with human need. Think of every application of ministry you've ever heard of, and it's going to be that. It's God's resource coming in contact with human need. And I would say most churches don't do a good enough job of explaining, like, where is the tithe going? Like, if I do tithe to this church, what happens? And so we're going to primarily, moving forward, we're going to have basically two main lanes of giving and we'll hear more about this next week, but we got tithes and uh, an offering and or offering, and I'll explain that in just a moment. And then we've got kingdom builders. You go, what's kingdom builders and which buckets are inside of kingdom builders next weekend? We'll talk about kingdom builders and what giving towards that does. But um, when, we, when, we, when we tithe uh, to the church, um, it moves the ministry forward. And so these are the buckets that are being filled as we, as we tithe. This is church staff and, and employees. And so it just takes employees and staff to function and to organize and to, uh, and to run ministries and to lead people. And so that does that. Um, facilities. Um, listen, we don't believe that facilities is everything but the facilities we have is a tool to help reach people for Christ. And so the fact that this building exists, the fact that our campuses exist, man, it's incredible. Amen. And it's just, so we use those, but it takes, it takes, honestly, it takes money for, for lighting and for maintenance and upkeep and I mean, all of that. And so Tide does go towards that. Benevolence. We believe in, in benevolence and helping people who are, who are in need. And so uh, we, we do that. I, I could spend the rest of the time just telling you stories of, of people that were, that were trying to help, constantly help, and, and tithing makes that ministry happen. Um, guest ministries when they come through. Now, so, like, let's say an evangelist comes through or a guest ministry comes through, and you go, well, but um, we, we usually take a separate offering for that. It's true. Um, but I, I do feel like that moving forward, we are going to around here, as the storehouse is full, Amen. As the stores is full, we're going to take less offerings but fund more ministry around here. That should make somebody, yeah. We're going to take less offerings. Why? Because the storehouse is going to be full, and we're going to be able to, we're going to, be able to help support uh, uh, guest ministries when they come through. Missionaries. Now you go, I thought missionaries was going to be in the kingdom builder's bucket. Well, let me tell you this, and, and hear me on this, because you got to understand this. As a church, we tithe off the tithe. A lot of you don't even have known that. We've done that for years. Tithe off the tithe. So what comes in as tithe to this house, we take 10% of that, and we've been funding missions projects around the world. So moving forward, this tithe off the tithe will go, amen. 
That's why we always say you're giving through this church. Uh, but this will go towards keeping those thousand plus. We're going to go to 12, our goal is to go to 1,250 missionaries that we support around the world. And so the tithe off the tithe will do that. Uh, and then there'll, there'll be some other missions applications that go on here. We'll talk about that next week. Um, our food distributions that happen. Uh, I got to hurry. Next Gen Ministries. Did you know um, we believe in Next Gen? We believe in kids' ministries. We believe in youth ministry. And listen, I doubt. I doubt there's going to be a massive offering uh, given in kids' ministry today. I mean, it's not going to be like a game changer for us. Like one of the seven-year-olds dropped a 200 grand. It was awesome. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. And so that means that we're going to fund still uh, ways to reach students and make kids' ministry great and make youth ministry great. We're going to still help kids. We're going to help kids go to camp and help kids go to, uh, to retreats and and. and God help us. As the storehouse is full, we're not going to get up and say nine times, well, now you got to help kids go this and help kids go. No, that's what the tithe is going to do as we tithe in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Special events that go on, uh, uh, fall festival and Easter egg outreaches, all this stuff that happens, um, uh, outreaches that happen. So we, we have outreaches going on all week. We go to teen de- detention centers. We go to uh, Bithlow, uh, do an outreach there. Um, we got... Um, all kinds of uh, outreaches happening all the time. And then uh, holiday help. Um, we talk about when the holidays come around, Thanksgiving outreach and, and Christmas, helping families with Christmas. So when you tithe, all of this is happening. All this ministry's happened because we believe in the tithe. It moves the ministry forward. Amen. And that's, honestly, that's, that's, that's one of the big reasons why I tithe is because I believe in moving the ministry forward. And you can tell kind of this, this, this next one. Let me just say this, though, about this. This is not a message out of some sort of, like, panic or some sort of urgency or if we don't do this, these ministries are all going to fall apart. It's not that. Uh, we're in great shape. Like, we, we've, we've been seeing just increase over the years. This year, we're on pace to give more than, than you gave last year. This is, not a, this is not the world is falling apart. What this is is we got lots of vision, right? We got lots of ministry that needs to go forward, and so we're just believing for more of an impact on our community. You can think about it this way. Uh, the tithe mostly makes the ministry of this house to our city happen. That's, that's where that. The other stuff we'll talk about next week. But tithe also, another reason why I tithe Number uh, seven, and I think you maybe felt this a little bit, but tithe gives me passion for God's mission and the church's vision. Yes. Tithe gives me, as I tithe, it just, it initiates this passion within me. Let me ask you this. What if somebody invested $1,000 in Apple Corporation back in 2005? If someone had done it, they invested $1,000 in Apple back in 2005. Now, since then, the, the stock has split several times, two for one in 2005, seven for one split in 2014, and a four for one split in 2020. That $1,000 investment back in 2005 today would be worth nearly $500,000. Someone did make that $1,000 investment, and that someone was me. I'm just kidding, it wasn't, but wouldn't that be awesome? Man, I wish. If you had told me, if someone had just given me the... Matter of fact, if you know the one like moving forward, if you know like which one now in 20 years will be that, let me know. Help a brother out. I'm down. Um, no, it wasn't me, but somebody did. 
And I'll tell you how that person acted once they invested that money. They were watching the investor shareholder meetings. They're tuning into all of them. They're watching all the numbers every day. They're sitting on the calendar. They're setting time aside when it comes time for the Apple keynote events and the streaming events where they're going to re- release all the new uh, products that are coming out. They're, they're keeping up with the developers um, the developers conference and they're watching all this stuff and they're reading all this stuff. Why? During that time, right, when the person who invested is taking all of this information in and watching all these, these keynotes and watching all these streams, during that time, I was watching none of them. You know why? Because I wasn't invested in them. Now, I still enjoyed the service they provided. I mean, I was still entertained by some of their products but I wasn't invested. You see the difference? Because sometimes when we're not invested in the kingdom, I'll come through, sure. I'll enjoy a service from time to time. I might even tip a little bit. But there's something that happens when I invest. Well, I know what happens. Jesus talked about it in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. He said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. When we tithe, there is this built-in passion igniter that happens that I am now passionate about moving the church, moving God's vision, moving God's mission forward. It just happens inside when I tithe. That's one of the reasons why I tithe, because tithing builds in this passion. It gives me passion for God's mission. Number six, reason why I tithe, because it provides defense against the enemy. I talked about the attributes of God. You know, the attribute of, of the devil, one of his attributes is that he's a thief and that he's constantly stealing, constantly looking for ways to take from you what is God's, take from you Start to say, what is yours? It's all God's. God gives you stewardship of it, and the enemy is constantly trying to steal. And I like that same, that, that chapter three in Malachi we talked about. Verse 11, God says, when we tithe, he says, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops. I like that defense, that fence that gets built around me. Uh, and the vines of your field will not drop fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. When we don't tithe, Malachi talks about we're robbing God. And we go, they they said, well, how do we rob you? And he goes, well, in tithes and offerings. I will say this, the other way you're robbing God when you don't tithe, you're robbing God of the opportunity to protect and provide for you. You're robbing God of this opportunity to be God and to be supernatural in your life. When you try to manage it all on your own, you're, you're robbing God this opportunity to show up and do great things in your life. Some people go, are you, are you preaching a prosperity gospel? No, I am not, all right? I'll talk about blessing in a moment, but I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel, neither am I preaching a poverty gospel, okay? Sometimes the church gets mixed up on both of those extremes and thinks that it's all about prosperity or we have to be in poverty. No, it's not a poverty gospel or a prosperity gospel. It is a provision gospel. It is a protection gospel. It's that when I tithe and enter into that covenant, I am covered and it, and it destroys and, it de- and, and defeats the enemy in my life, number five reason why I tithe is because it helps me live by faith. Helps me live by faith. A incredible couple in our church, Adel and, and Michelle, uh, are going to help me preach this point and tell their story of, of uh, how tithing helped them just kind of take that walk of faith. Watch this. My name is Adel. I grew up um, in the Middle East, and I grew up in a, really in a Muslim culture. I'm Michelle. Um, I grew up um, in a Christian environment. I went to Catholic school, and then I told him yes. When we started dating, I said, you will come with me 
take a seat. I just knew I had to get him to the door. The rest, God will take care of it, so. Growing up Muslim, you know, tithing wasn't really part of anything. So tithing to me was always challenging because I had to control my finances. It wasn't until we started coming to faith, we just felt a conviction. It was, okay, this is where we need to be, and God was started to, okay, so what are you doing? Just coming on Sundays and that's it? We started with, with the money part of it. We started tithing. We just felt, okay, let's, let's follow what they're saying. If they're telling you that's what we need to do and it's in the Bible, let's, let's, see, what, let's see what this is all about. I feel it's like that was a good way for us to give up that control. That's kind of where everything kind of started, you know, playing changing, out that way yeah. and changing. Before, when I was trying to control it, I was choosing how much I would give and how often. Well, once we decided that we were gonna start tithing, um, I think I feel nervous once you actually calculate the money. My first thought is, are we taking something from the girls? And then you just have to change your mind with, again, this is, this is money that doesn't belong to you. Yeah. It comes from God. And I think because of the control that I had, I was just like, I'm gonna commit. I didn't realize it until that point where I kind of started making the connection, like God's at work here. All I need to do is just let go more and just yeah. like, give more trust and faith and, and knowing that everything will be okay. I'm not, you know, expecting that I'm just gonna never struggle, but knowing that I'm gonna be okay and get when through things struggle, when we, we struggle. That. There's a, a, a piece that comes to giving your, the most stressful part of our relationship, of, of parenting. It's, it's always money. Like, do we have the money to provide? Once you give that to God and really not worry about money, there's such a peace that has come in our relationship. I feel like we went through hard times that you realize that the only answer is God, and we decide to to thigh. There was no other option. Like our our path is is with walking with Jesus, and it's for the benefit of the kids, for the benefit of us. So that's part of it. Not an easy decision, but I think it's easier when you commit you the hardest thing and the hardest thing you have can, to give control over. When you commit that to God, then it's just Everything it's easy from there. One of the biggest blessings that we have received things um, tithing is Father. Oh yeah. Uh, full Muslim guy. He is the one that is paying for our daughter's Christian education. He said that he wants to help us. He's proud of us. He is proud of his son and, and, and he loves his grandkids. He knows that that money is going for Christian education and he's, he's the one that supports that. Together we have grown here at the church. So we started volunteering our time and we started serving. And after that we have been blessed with, um, they ask us to lead the welcome teams. And then our Sophia, our daughter, started seeing us serving and now they started a kids service ministry and she's serving there too, so. Honestly, now, having more clarity, looking back, there was a lot more anxiety and stress. Yeah. I knew it was because I had I had doubts and I had anxiety about control over my life because I always wanted to be in control. Giving that control up has kind of really helped with that and it's just kind of given me more peace. Listen, once you give that most stressful area of your life to God, yeah. everything else just, just falls into place. Amen, yeah. So when, when I tithe, the reason why I tithe is it helps me live by faith. Let me, let me show you to this way. Um, this is God's table, and this is my table. And um, God's table is empty, and so you go, so do God needs, then God needs my money. God doesn't need my money. God, God could, in an instant, have 100 tables overflowing bigger than that one. Just, he could snap, it, it could fall, literally, like it could just show. God doesn't need it, so then why, why did God ask us to tithe if he doesn't need it? God asked us to tithe because we need it. Uh, God did not in invent tithing so that the church could grow. He invented tithing so that we could grow as, as believers and have this walk of faith. So what a lot of people do is they, have, they, they got their 10 apples, you know, for whatever, like we're going to pretend like we are on an agricultural economy. 
we got our 10 apples, and so we go, well, you know, when, when I got my 10 apples, I, I was hungry, so I ate a couple of them, and then I gave a couple to my kids. They were hungry, and then I gave a couple to my, uh, my house payment, and so they went that way, and then uh, my streaming services took three of my apples, and then uh, Pastor Tech got talking about Apple phones, and I decided I'd need a new one, so then that got my, my last two apples, and I had one left, and it was about half eaten, and then I got to church that day, and uh, my apple was half eaten, but I said, Lord, I'm at church, and they said something about giving you something, so God, I'm just going to give you my leftover. And some of us, that's how we do it, is we, it's this just-in-case mentality. We save it to the end and see what we have left over, and that's what I'll give to God. Now listen, it does not take any faith at all to give God the leftovers. It doesn't take any faith at all to give God my last 5%. It doesn't even take faith to give God my last 10%, really. Well, I'll tell you what takes faith is when my apples show up in my life and I go, first thing before I do anything else, I'm taking the first fruit and I'm coming to say, God, that's yours. That's what takes faith. When, when 10 of these peppers come into my life, uh, I'm the first one before I do anything else, I'm going, no, 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 Lord, that is yours and I'm, I'm just believing that the rest is gonna be. When, when 10 lemons come into my life and my, I wanna make some lemonade and the recipe calls for 10 lemons, but by faith, I'm going, no, God, the first lemon is yours, and I know when I do that, I'm gonna get more juice out of these other nine lemons than I would have got out of all 10. And uh, when, when uh, one of these 10 of these happen in my life, the, it's the first, it's not, it's not the last one, it's not the second one. When, when, a, a bundle of, when, when 10 bundles of bananas come, the first bundle, this is what it means uh, it puts God first, helps me walk by faith. Now I got to, don't worry about that. It helps me trust that God's going to do more with this than I would have. So when, when 10 pineapples come, it's not just, by the way, it's not just any pineapple. It's the first pineapple that belongs to the Lord. It's not just any watermelon. It's the first watermelon that belongs to the Lord. And the whole time I've heard people say, well, uh, and God can do more with the 90%. Actually, this is the 100%. Because uh, that was never mine. That first 10% was never mine. Like this first carrot, it always... <laughs> no, it has to be the best. So uh, you don't give them the broke down one. <laughs> All right. it's, yeah, that's a principle of first. <laughs> the eggplant. I didn't know what this was called in first service and they told me. It's not just... And so as I do that, as I continue to honor God with the red peppers and the first one goes to God, and then, wait, I, I think I know what's going on. I think I know what's going on. It's Malachi 3.10. It's actually, hold on, listen. Yeah, it is, listen. It's, it's the next reason why I give. I give because I want to be blessed. It's, what you're seeing, that's the Malachi 3.10 principle. We see God says, test me in this. See if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing on you. There won't even be room to contain it. That's what's going on there. Now, someone would go, I, I know, but should we, should we want blessing from God? I do. Do I want God more? Yes. Years ago, there was a song we used to sing. It went like this. Open up the sky, fall down like rain. We don't want blessing, we want you. And I, this girl in our ministry at that time, she goes, I don't like that song. I said, how come? She goes, I don't sing that one part. I said, which part? We don't want blessing. She said, I'm not telling God I don't want blessing on my life. 
I couldn't argue with her. I was like, you know, now I know what the song author was meaning. He was meaning like, God, I want you more. Of course we want God more, but I'm not going to tell God I don't want blessing. The thing is about this blessing that comes, this Malachi 3.10 blessing that we just talked about, the thing about it, it's not our motivation for giving. What it is, is it protects our giving. It gives us, it takes the fear off our life of giving, knowing that, no, I'm going to be blessed when I do it. And so, yes, I give because I believe in the blessing of the Lord on my life. I believe that God's going to do more with that. Romans chapter 1 says that the first fruit is holy, then the whole batch is holy. It's when I, when I do that, it puts a blessing, it redeems the rest of what I have. We do not give to get, Okay? If you've ever thought that anybody inferred that at any moment of receiving an offering, that is not, that's not our motivation of giving. God's not up in heaven hoping we all get to be good getters. No, we give. But we know that as we do that, the windows of heaven, the promise is there to create a fearless experience with God that says, God, I, this is all yours, and, and I trust you with it. Now, I do want to say this practically speaking. We have a lot of fruit here, so if you want to swing through after service, I'm serious about this. Swing through and grab some because we don't want it to go to waste. We do have an outreach this week. We're going to just send some there as well. All right, amen. So how, how did we pay for the fruit to do the outreach? Tithe, amen. All right, okay, good. See, it's out. It's all good. Yeah. All right. Uh, number three reason why I tithe. I think that's what I'm on. I don't want to miss any. Yeah, four. Number four was I want to be blessed. Number three, because I want to break greed off my life. Let me get real serious real fast. Jesus said something about money that was very heavy, very weighty, very provocative. Listen to what he said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. He says, no one can serve two masters. And I believe that as he said that, people were probably thinking, oh, buckle your seatbelt. He's getting ready to talk about some very serious bondage. He's getting ready to talk about addiction. He's getting ready to talk about sexual sin. He's getting ready to talk about hatred and bitterness because he said you can't serve two masters. And so he's getting ready to talk about what is mastering people's lives. He says you're going to hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. And then Jesus told him which masters he was talking about. He said you cannot serve both God and money. Other versions say you can't serve God and mammon, which is a, it's a spirit. That's what he was saying. There's a there is a spiritual connotation to this resource. Is it wrong for us to have money? No. Misquoted verse in 1 Timothy all the time, which everybody says money's the root of all evil. That's not what that verse says. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. Money is not evil. Love of money is. Having money, not evil. Money having you is evil. Okay, it's when greed sets in. What, what, what can happen is with greed is I can look at these two tables and go, God, I, I'm not sure if I have enough though. I mean, that looks like plenty, but if greed sets in and I'm, I'm comparing, I'm like, you know what, I, I, just in case, let me get this back over here where, because where, I don't know what's gonna happen. And I'm, even though I have some, okay, I can't, wait, wait. <laughs> no, I, 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 honestly, I tithe because I don't want greed to have any hold on my life. I don't want money to be too important to me. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna tithe. I believe tithe does that. Number two, tithing can even bring spiritual breakthrough in other areas. It's another reason why I tithe. Paul's talking about giving, generosity. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 8, 10, and 11. Listen to what he says. God's able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Wow. Look at all those alls, all things, all times, 
uh, having all you need, abounding in every good work. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Wow. Pastor, are you saying that if I'll get obedient in this area of my life, that I'll be righteous in other areas? Are you saying that I'm struggling in an area? You're saying it could be connected to this? No, I'm not. Paul is. Paul is saying that. I would encourage you, if, you, if there's something you've been battling with, spiritually dark, like secret stuff, and you're not, in, in, you're not moving in this area, then make this part of the healing process. Make this part of your harvest of righteousness. I give because it helps bring spiritual breakthrough in my life. And the number one reason why I give, and I'm going to be done, is this. Because I want to be obedient to God. I do. I, I want to be, I want my life to be obedient to God. As a matter of fact, I know that to God, obedience is better than sacrifice. Like God would just rather regular obedience versus me coming through once or twice or three times a year and just doing something crazy sacrificial. God would rather, the, I want to be obedient to Christ. And um, I would say in this area of, of, of tithe and, and offerings, and, and I'll exp- the reason why... Um, this is here and this is here. This is really a matter of obedience. This you'll hear is more a matter of generosity. And I, I, I would go ahead and apologize because I know I've probably done this over the last couple of decades. I've received a lot of offerings uh, in, in these services. And I've probably said this. I don't remember a, a specific instance, but I've probably said something like this before. Hey, we're getting ready to receive God's tithe and our offerings and we believe in generosity. So be generous with God's tithe. I've probably said something along those lines. And the more I have studied this and the more I've prayed through this and looked at the word of God, I've just come to the conclusion that I can't be generous with God's tithe because it was never mine. It was his all along. It's like the difference between me giving you your car and me giving you my car, right? Like if I were to run out and you, I said, hey, I'll go get your car for you. And I got your keys and I ran and I pulled your car up under the overhang and I said, hey, come here. I said, you know what? As I was pulling this car up, the Lord spoke to me. And... Uh, it's, it's a crazy, generous gesture, but I'm going to give you this car. And you'd be like, no, you ain't, because it's already mine. I'm like, no, I'm going to give it to you. And then you could say, it still has a lot of payments. I know, you got to pay them all. I'm giving you. <laughs> but imagine how different that would be if I pull up and say, I'm giving you my car. Now, I can be generous with what's mine. I can't be generous with what's yours. So the tithe is a matter of obedience. And you'll find people... In fact, I, I talked to a great pastor this week, and he, he was talking about, uh, have you ever thought about doing it this way? And I've talked to several different pastors, and different people have different ways of, of looking at the Word and presenting things, and presented this idea of like, well, maybe give people a chance to just work up to the tithe, and maybe encourage people to give like 4% or, or 6%, and if their faith's not there yet. And honestly, that's probably why the word offering still exists here, because we just know not everybody is going to tithe, and so it would still, it's not a tithe, because a tithe means a tenth. It's a, it's a math word. So the, the whole tithe is 10% of what comes in. It's not 5%. So that would be in kind of an offering at that point. So somebody said, well, just encourage people to do that. And listen, if it was just about the money getting to the church, I suppose I would do that, because I would gamble that maybe more money would come in if we go, hey, just do 4% then, do 6%. Like some people that maybe aren't giving any would maybe start, I don't know. 
But it's not about how much money comes into the church. It's about how many people are discipled. It's about how many people are living by faith. It's about how many people are obedient to the word of God. And listen, I, there's no other area where I, would, where I would encourage partial obedience. There's no other area where I would preach partial obedience. I wouldn't say, well, if you're, you know, you've been having an affair and you've been seeing that woman for, you know, every week for the last year, only see her every other week. And we'll just start there. Like, we're not going to preach partial obedience. You're not going to preach partial obedience. You're not going to tell your, your, your child when they lie to you, say, now you know you, you can't lie to me. Only on Tuesdays and Fridays can you lie to me, but the rest of the time you can't. So in this area, I, I just can't bring myself to get up and say, well, just do 5% or do 6% or do 7 No, because I know there's blessing on obedience. And so I would just encourage you to step out and figure out, do what you got to do to get in obedience with God. And if that's, if that's a journey that, in, that happens today, so be it. If it's a journey that happens in a, in a few weeks or a few months, do what you got to do and cancel whatever you got to cancel and stop spending money on whatever you got. Stop spending money on so that you can walk in the obedience. Leviticus chapter 27 verse 30. A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain or from the soil, from the trees. It belongs to the Lord. It's holy to the Lord. I can't be generous with what's his. Malachi of course says bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. I guess I I want to do this. We're getting ready to receive uh, God's tithes and our offerings. And um, I want to encourage you, if you've never stepped out in this area, I want to encourage you to, to really just hear from God about this today. And uh, I'm going to set a, a challenge out that um, is a little bit risky. I'm not even sure how the specifics of this will play out. But I want to set before you a 90-day challenge of if you've never tithed before, that 90 days you would commit and be faithful in this tithe. And if after 90 days you're not seeing the blessing of God happen on your life, if after 90 days you're not seeing God's provision, by 90 days you're not seeing that what you have left is being blessed, if you're not seeing that and you go, man, matter of fact, everything else is, it's gotten worse, if that's the case, we'll refund you that tithe. We'll refund you that money. You go, well, how can you do that? I can do it because I believe in this principle. I believe in the word of God. I stand on the word of God. I don't have time to tell you the story. I had dinner with a pastor, and it was a guy in his church that uh, uh, was an atheist and came to church with somebody, and it was preaching on giving that day, preaching on tithing. And he, they, they used this verse, test me in this, see if I'm going to open up the windows of heaven. The atheist said, okay, I'll test you, God, because I don't even believe in God. So he started tithing. An atheist started tithing to prove God wrong. His life ended up being so blessed financially that he ended up becoming a Christian, believing on God, because the principle works. That's why, that's why I, can, I can say what I'm saying, that try it for 90 days. And if nothing works, then c contact us and we'll figure out a way uh, to make things straight with you. But I believe in this, and I know you do too. And I know you want the, the ministry moving forward. I've just shared the reasons why I tithe. And if you want to make some of those reasons the same reason you, you tithe today, then let's do that. Across all of our campuses, let's pray. Let's ask God to speak to us, and then we'll, we'll, we'll have a moment of worship. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.